Good day, everybody. Tom Block, Keith Jones, back with you. Time to wrap things up, Florida State Clemson style. Keith, good to see you. I wish we weren't for the third consecutive week going to dissect a Florida State defeat, much like the previous two. A lot to like, a lot to not like. Still feels like this team is head and shoulders better than it's been the last few years, but that's of little consequence at this very moment in time, I would say. General thoughts, sir. The floor is yours. Well, uh, I, I think if we were Alabama fans, uh, we would be much uh, less happy. So uh, as Coach Bowden used to say, and he got ridiculed for it, you know, half the teams lose every weekend. Um, I've made the mistake, Tommy, of going back and looking at some things. And the more I look at this, the closer on paper it is that Florida State should have won this ball game. Do share. Well, you fumble inside a minute before halftime, and Clemson turns that into a touchdown. You have a breakdown on your kickoff return, uh, kickoff coverage on the opening kickoff of the third quarter, and that's a one-play drive for a touchdown. And then you go for it on fourth down on your own 34, and you don't make it, and there's a field goal. So there's 17 points in about a four-minute, three-and-a-half-minute span off of the clock. Take that out, Florida State's victorious. On very short fields, too. Yeah, that obviously the the finish to the second quarter, the start of the third quarter, not ideal. In fact, the exact opposite for Florida State. This is the thing that Jimbo used to harp on time and again about the, the four times in a football game that you need to play your best, which is the start of the game, the end of the first half, start of the second half, and the finish of the game. And clearly Florida State, not good. I, I agree. So let's you, you can look at this a couple couple ways. I know statistically at the end of the day, Florida State dominated the statistics. They did. Uh, the other side would argue that Clemson took the foot off the gas and played a little more conservatively defensively and knew they had the game in the bag. And so the stats leveled out. But if so, if you just go back to the first half when that definitely wasn't the case, uh, and I'm not saying it was for sure in the second half, but in the first half, it definitely wasn't the case. You have the ball about midfield. 45, I don't know what the yard line was when Jordan fumbled. And you're down three. Even if you don't drive and score, even if you drive and miss a field goal, you're not down 10, you're down three. And that's a big difference against that Clemson football team. So that was the start of it. And it just felt like, even though it was seven points, it it felt, I don't want to say insurmountable, but it it, it definitely sucked the life out of the stadium when that happened just before halftime. We've talked about one of the things that, that is a product of youth, and we've got to remember, even with the transfers, this is still a very young Florida State team. And people seem to not get their hands around it, but you, a, a younger team loses focus quicker and more easily. And so you can make the argument in that three-and-a-half, four-minute period, last minute of the second, first three minutes of the third effort was there intensity was there but for that brief amount of time they lost focus and that's the difference between a, a young team and a mature team and and Clemson didn't lose focus they took advantage of their opportunities and in a nutshell that's six points easy maybe 10 or 12 and FSU could have been victorious I want to come back to a point about the defense there in a moment, but the start of the second half, Keith, I don't know if Florida State by design tried to not kick that ball into the end zone or if it was miskicked. And I realize 
that if you make a tackle on special teams, you don't have a return that flips the field. But I know for a fact that John Papuchas last week leading up to the game talked about how he thought Will Shipley was the difference in last year's game, and he was referring to him including his return abilities. Right. So my point is when Fitzpatrick can kick it into the end zone and and Shipley's not going to take it out, that was clear because every other time he didn't take it out, just take the touchback and give him the 75 yards to go instead of rolling the dice. That's now that's hindsight. That's hindsight. And I don't know, again, it was it miss kicked. Was it by design? They wanted to try and bottle him up. I don't know the answer to that, but it certainly was an inauspicious start to the second half. Well, Tommy, it goes back to how the game has changed. Um, you know, used to be if you had a kicker that could kick it out, you, you did that. You just didn't worry about it. Of course, it went to the 20 then. Now they've changed the rule, comes out to the 25. But, you know, it's, it's all part of this new mentality. I mean, why are you going for it on your own 34 on your first drive of the third quarter? Well, the reason you're going for it is because Clemson has scored twice before the half and after the half, and you're trying to regain some momentum. But you still got a lot of time in the ball game. Going for it on your own 34 is not the time to do that. The, the metrics say that it might be. And obviously, Coach Norvell is a very, very aggressive coach. And, and so I'm, I'm just saying some of the mix of the new thought and some of the old school, Florida State is struggling finding the balance between those is, is what I'm trying to say. Here's the point I wanted to go back to on the defense, and then we'll come back to that fake punt, Keith. The defense, and this happened against Wake Forest too, they, they were behind the chains all game long. Clemson was dictating what was happening, and it was it was third and manageable, third and short, and they converted over 50% of the time. But but sudden change was not good. So after that fumble, there was 45 seconds left. I know the ball was at midfield, but the first play was a 35 or 37-yard run that put the ball to the five and all but guaranteed a touchdown. It's okay to come out and make a couple stops and make Clemson earn it, and maybe they get a field goal there instead of a touchdown. And then after the kick return, same thing. I know that was a trick play with the flea flicker, but Florida State, again, didn't make a play there to at least force Clemson to work a little bit harder. Again, focus and youth. I mean, even to this day, and I'm 63 years old, when I hear sudden change, those two words, it was just drilled into us. And – when I had the other thing that was drilled into us was if, if they get a return across the 50, you treat that as a sudden change. I mean, you, you amp it up, you, you got to make them earn it from there. And that's the lack of focus and the lack of maturity. And again, that's going to sound harsh and that's going to sound like the coaches aren't doing their job, et cetera. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that's maturity. That's when you've got an older squad that has been through it a while and understands that there are certain times and certain things where you've got to amp it up and, and you got, you, there is no excuse. You just make it happen. And we're not there yet. So the fake punt, part of the thinking there, I'm sure Clemson punted on its first drive of the game and then scored on five consecutive drives. So there was no indication that Florida State's defense was going to help you get the ball back. So I think Norvell is thinking, plus Clemson's lead was 17 points right then. 
we've we've got a mounted drive. We got to keep possession. We got to do something to keep this going. Uh, obviously, it didn't work. But do you prefer the fake punt over just lining up and going for it if that's what you're trying to do in that situation with your offense? I, I would line up and go for it. Uh, again, that to me, that's too early in the game. There's still a lot of game left. I know you're down 17, but there's a lot of game left. And um, I, I just I don't I just don't like the decision. I respect the decision. Um, if it works, it's it's great. Um, you know, many of us thought Bobby was crazy calling punt Ruski back up on the eight yard line, but it works. So it became the greatest play since my fair lady. Um, it's just the balancing and, and finding a way to be a little smarter about taking those shots. Maybe I'll say this now, the punt Ruski, probably an exception given the talent Florida state had relative to Clemson at that time in 1988. But you know that not just Bobby, but coaches in general will tell you that you're using the trick plays and you're being a little unconventional when you don't have the talent that matches up with the team you're facing on the other sideline. And so I have not been overly concerned about some of the decisions from Mike Norvell or some of the plays because I think he knows what he has in his bag compared to what the opponent has in their bag. And you have to try some unconventional things. And you, candidly, you would have had to play a perfect game to beat Clemson. So I haven't lost sleep over it, but I, but I get your point. I, I do think if, if you get the talent back to where you want it, you're not going to see some of those fourth down decisions uh, or some of the other decisions. Well, and, and FSU's had no luck. I haven't looked up the, the total stats, but they were one for four on fourth downs last night. And I would suspect they're at – 25 or 30 percent on the season and I mean statistically that shouldn't be I mean it is it is understood that FSU's had some bad luck uh, in terms of things not going their way occasionally Uh, so I'm I'm not being super critical I'm just saying I wouldn't have done that at that particular time and uh, and it speaks to I mean you lost the ball game by six points to one of the top five programs in the country you're continuing to make progress. It's just disheartening and, and a little bit. Um, I don't even know what the right word is. We've used disappointed and disheartening and those types of things. It's just frustrating to know you're you're still on the climb. You're still making progress, but you're just not quite there yet. This will sound like excusing it away, but isn't expected sort of a word that fits given what the re- the expectations were at the start of the season? It just happens that these three games were all back to back to back. If you play two games and then play Wake Forest and lose, and then you beat Boston College, and then you lose to NC State, it doesn't hit quite as hard as as when you're playing all three in a row. Oh, that's very fair. I mean, the same thing goes if you had won three games in a row that you weren't expecting. The momentum really takes off in the other direction. So, yeah, time, I mean, that's why we love college football. It is what it is. And, um, you know, it. you just got to pick yourself back up and you got to get back after it. If you – if you dwell on this, you let one loss become two, two losses becomes four, and four becomes a losing season. Jeff Colhane had a stat in the pregame, and I didn't take the time to to dig it up. But the premise was I hadn't I hadn't realized this. Very seldom in Florida State history, certainly since they joined the ACC, so the last three decades, has FSU played three ranked opponents in a row. Only two or three times since the early 90s. And generally, it's been Florida ACC championship game, bowl game. It hasn't been in the middle of the season. 
So now part of that is because in the 90s, nobody in the ACC was ranked because Florida State was beating them 50 to three every week. So nobody else was ranked, right? But I, I did find that a little surprising. It speaks to this stretch that Florida State has played against three good football teams in a row. Exactly. And, and you know, the, the naysayers, you know, they don't want to admit that the ACC is continuing to get good incrementally. They want to point to the powerhouses uh, conference and the SEC and the Big, Big Ten, et cetera. But, you know, the level of play, I mean, look at what Syracuse is doing. Look how consistent. NC State and Wake have been over the last couple of three years. Um, you know, it 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 speaks to an increased competitive environment at a time when Florida State's trying to rebuild. And I'm sure everybody else in the 90s were saying we're trying to rebuild and Florida State is a superpower and, and we can't get anything done. Again, the reason we love college football. Let's dive a little deeper in this game. Uh, where it was, where it was won and lost was was definitely the last two minutes, last minute of the first half, first six minutes of the third quarter, whatever that was. Uh, a, a disconcerting trend, Keith, is the way that the team has started the second half, and it's been the defense on the field three straight games now, where the opponent has scored touchdowns and very easily. Uh, I remember we talked about this uh, during the Taggart years. There were some poor second half starts and they changed what time they came back on the field at halftime or try and, uh, I don't know, get more lathered up, whatever they could do. So is that a discount? Well, it's a, it's a disconcerting trend, but is it due to something FSU's defense is not doing or due to the fact that they're playing good football teams who are making adjustments at halftime? I, I think it's good football teams with good coaching staffs. I, I think that's what it is. Uh, I mean, if you want to play, uh, Pollyanna, you know, you got to do the better job calling the coin flips so that you're on offense when you come out for a second. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, to that end, Florida State has done a nice job of of scoring on opening drives. That was the f- last night's game. I think was the first time that Clemson has given up a touchdown on its opening drive. Am I remembering that right? Maybe, maybe I think that, that is correct. Yes, yes. And and the offensive uh, staff we were wondering how is Florida State going to run against this Clemson defense? How are they going to move the football? Just think about last year's game at Clemson, last night's game here. Do you remember last year when Florida State literally, they had first and goal at the one, and I know we had a goal-to-go situation, didn't score, but it was about 12 inches from the goal line, and they ran some crazy play with four guys to the right, and Jay Sean Corbin out to the left, and they put 19 guys in motion and kept shifting around, and they threw Corbin the ball, and he he got it across the goal line by a half inch for a touchdown up there. But it was the, – the point is Florida State couldn't block Clemson last year and and really got manhandled. Now you look at last night's game, somehow they found a way to run for – what do they run for, 200 yards? They outrushed Clemson. They outrushed Clemson a little 206 bit. 206 yards. Averaged, uh, what, 6.1 yards per rush. I think they averaged like 1.3 rush last year or some crazy number like that yeah they had success and and that's why I'm saying it's just managing the game taking your shots uh, and and FSU's had no luck in taking the shots and um, you know I I don't know what the answer is per se other than keeping after it but it's certainly not any reason to throw up your hands and say this isn't working it just needs to be it just needs to be adjusted a little bit in my opinion 
Can one person make that much of a difference defensively, Keith, with Fabian Lovett being out? Because every team has guys hurt. And I know in Florida State's case, when you have a key guy hurt, you don't have the depth where you need it to just, you know, Clemson can lose a D tackle and, and put another five-star in there and be all right. But three weeks in a row now, teams are really fine. Florida State's susceptible to the run up the middle. I feel like the pass rush is probably not as good as what it would be if Lovett was in there occupying two interior linemen to free up the ends a little bit more. But then the other part of me says it's one guy out of 11 on the field. And let's not, let's not say that all the issues are simply because of Fabian. Well, what, to, to answer your question that you began with, yes, one person can if the offense changes their scheme to account for him. You, you mentioned in your comment, if, if Fabian is drawing two people versus whoever is in there now drawing one, that's quote-unquote one extra lineman to do something with. So if he were in there and he were constantly commanding and drawing that dub, dub, double team, then, yeah, that makes a difference on every play because they're blocking it differently. Um, it's certainly been a an issue in Florida State's, uh, you know, run defense and their run fit. A couple of those runs by Shipley, if you watched it on TV, um, you know, linebackers or and or safeties just simply went to the wrong place. I mean, he didn't he didn't juke them. He just ran by them. And again, that goes back to familiarity, playing together, maturity, focus. You know, there were just some mistakes that were made. I mean, the touchdown pass was a great call. It was a corner blitz. Corner came untouched. He just didn't get him down. He whiffed. And as a result, the team was late getting over, and it was a quick score. It was a great call. It just wasn't executed. Those are the types of things that you've got to continue to focus on and get better at. I think you just answered the next question I was going to ask. Watch your your uh, mic, by the way, Keith. It's uh, rumbling around a little bit. But so as I look at the last couple of games, well, defensively, it seemed like there were some mix-ups a little bit in the secondary. But even offensively, last week against NC State, there were a handful of times where you had two receivers in the same part of the field and something was off. So I guess what I'm asking is, is that the focus and maturity thing, or is it different looks from better teams that are causing some confusion? Is it just football? I'm sure some of the things that are being done defensively will occasionally force any offense into, you know, missing a read or, or you know, you know, the side adjustments that sometimes come into play when the, when the defender's inside versus outside, that type of thing. So, yeah, I would, I would give the defenses some credit. But, again, I go back to – and I know I'm harping on it. And I apologize, listeners. But I go back to that, that focus and that concentration. Um, you know, Florida State, I think, had 76 offensive snaps. Um, you, you've got to run every one of those snaps correctly against a great team if you want a chance to win. So if you mess up 5% of the time, that's four plays. And if they come on third down, they're almost insurmountable. If they come on first down, maybe you can get past them. But those come – I mean, that's how close Florida State is pushing to try to get to the point where they can overcome these obstacles, if that makes sense. Well, one thing that, that has clearly been lacking, and this goes back to Fabian to some degree, some of it goes back to just overall personnel, but 
on the one hand, if Florida State could get one big defensive play, they're right back in it. But they're not getting the big defensive play. They're not getting a turnover, forcing a fumble. They're not getting an interception. They're not in very many great leverage situations because it's especially against the the not NC State, but Wake and Clemson in particular, felt like everything was third and pretty short and pretty manageable. Um, so you just, you, you know, last year we had the strip sack from Jermaine Johnson, which got Florida State a touchdown against Clemson. But there's only been one turnover forced in this three-game stretch against ranked teams. And uh, and that's tough. It's not like Florida State's put it on the ground five times in each game, but no. against Wake, Jordan had a, a key fumble. And I'm not putting it on Jordan, but he fumbled short field. Wake scores early on and momentum goes to Wake. Against Clemson, right before halftime, what happens? You get a fumble. Clemson goes on and goes up by 10. I mean, that's just one turnover in the game. It's a big turnover, especially when you're not getting it. You're not canceling it out by producing one on, on the other side of the ball. That has been – and obviously that was a focus coming into camp. You heard the coach and staff talking about it, the kids talking about it. Also good offensive that are protecting the football. They're not doing erratic things with it. Um, it, it's it's just whatever word I'm looking for, frustrating, demoralizing, difficult. For, you know, uh, it, 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 it's, it makes, makes you almost for a loss of words. Because you're right there, Tommy. I mean, this, this is a game. I know we lost by 10 uh, to Wake. But, I mean, these are one possession games. And you're that close. Boy, we would have taken that last year. We have very short memories, don't we? Three losses by a combined 18 points so far, to Correct. your point. And we knew it at the time last week. Uh, I knew it when I left Raleigh. I mean, that that game is always going to stick back, and you're going to look at it and say, well, that's a game Florida State should have won. Should be 5-2 and two right now, not 4-3. and three. But your record is what your record is. So Florida State will go into the bye week, which is much needed. I do think Fabian Lovett will be back. I don't know that, but he's been a couple weeks in a row without a boot on the sideline. Norvell said after the game last night that he was close later in in, in the practice week last week, close to giving it a go, couldn't get there. They it continues to indicate that Trayshawn Ward uh, was was close too, which that surprised me. I thought Ward's injury might be season ending when he went down. Um, so they're they're going to get healthier, and it, it's obviously a key stretch. But but the bye week. It is definitely needed right now, both both mentally and physically for this team. And and maybe as much mentally, uh, obviously the uh, ability for those kids to heal uh, and come back and, and be able to participate is key. Uh, but, you know, losing is very difficult, Tommy, and, and particularly when you lose close and you've lost three in a row. So this bye week, I think, is going to be very, very important from a mental standpoint as well. I'm looking through my notes of the game. Yeah, they they need it mentally because there's been a lot of talk that oh, Florida State could win its last five games. Well, they could. They're going to be in the last. Five. I mean, we've seen everybody they play. They're going to be in the games, and those those are winnable games. But the, I I find a hard to paint a scenario where they're going to win all five. I mean, Syracuse right now is unbeaten. You got to go to Syracuse up there. Uh, I think Florida State needs to cliche coach speak, take it one game at a time, figure out how to beat Georgia Tech, and just go from there. Agreed. Um, but 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 clearly they they could win all five. Um, looking back at some of my notes, let me let me find where it was in the first half, Keith. Uh, but... All right, so it was a fourteen fourteen game. Florida State takes the kickoff uh, touchback from its own twenty five. 
this is the drive where Trey Benson, he runs for six, he runs for 11, he runs for 20. And if the blade of grass doesn't get him, he's going to, it's probably going to be goal to go if he doesn't score on that play. So you had that success and then you, you get the fresh set of downs there and Florida state takes a shot to Johnny Wilson around the five yard line, had it in his hands and the DB knocked it out. But because it's incomplete after you've had the successful runs, now you get behind the chains and that sequence ends when you go for it on fourth and three. Now I didn't have a problem with that decision. It would have been a 48 or 50 yard field goal. If you punt it, it might be a touchback because it was, you're sort of in no man's land there. They try to to hit Johnny Wilson on what looked like, uh, I guess a corner route and it got knocked down by the DB. Just general thoughts on on how Florida State handled that after they were having the success with Trey Benson. And again, maybe this is in the hindsight bucket, because if you complete the ball, we're not having this conversation. I, I don't have a problem with anything there. Um, you know, I, I, I understand that in today's environment, you're going to take some shots, uh, particularly on first down, which are traditionally running downs. So you catch somebody a little sleeping a little bit, a little off. Uh, you know, Walker makes that catch at the five. You know, we're having a whole different conversation probably. Um, a great play on the on the uh, ball that got knocked down. I mean, uh, obviously Travis would tell you he needed to get a little air under it, but Walker was open, and so he tried to nail it. And, you know, the, the DB came across from the backside, if I'm, if I'm remembering the play correctly. Um, so no, I don't have a problem with any of those. Those, those don't register with me as an issue at all. Yes, you were having success with Trey, but when you take that shot on first down, you know, you come back, give the ball to him and he only picks up three. Now you're looking at third and seven. Um, so I, I get all that. Yeah. The, the fourth down throw to Wilson, uh, I'd have to go back and look at it, watching it live. It looked like Clemson was in a zone and he'd found a hole in the zone, but whoever had the guy in the flat. Broke off and came back across. Broke off and came back and deflected yep. it. And Travis, yep. and, and I happen to be basically in the sight line, uh, you know, directly to Jordan the way he threw it. He stared down Wilson on that throw. He didn't look anywhere. Had his eyes gone somewhere else, I think it would have made it tougher for the DB to do that. But he didn't look anywhere else other than Wilson on that throw. And so the DB was able to adjust and deflect it down. He, it, it looked like Will, there was definitely a seam. Another way to, to solve that, even if you're staring him down, is to put some air under it, as you just said. Right, right. Uh, um, anyway, so that you, you turn it over, and that's where Clemson goes down and takes a 17-14 lead. But again, at that point, stats are pretty even. Clemson had had, had grabbed its first lead of the game, but if you don't turn it over, uh, worst case, maybe you're down three at half. Best case, maybe you go back up and you're up by four. Talked about the start of the third quarter. I'm just looking through some uh, – some notes. It was good to have Ja'Kai Douglas back. I know he scored a touchdown. I know he also uh, took away uh, a long catch that he caught himself because he was the one guilty of the illegal shift on that. But that's that's one more tool in the in the box for uh, for Mike Norvell and company. Yeah, I'm just. I think the biggest thing, Keith, is that Florida State couldn't get a stop when they needed it, and that's that's been the case the last, certainly against Wake and against Clemson. Uh, that that same thing against Wake Forest, you, you battle back and you need one stop and Wake goes on that nine-minute drive or whatever. Here, Clemson ate five or six minutes before you got it back and could could make it closer. And uh, FSU is getting close, but you, you still need just a little bit more to make those plays. 
Exactly. And you, you do that by recruiting. You know, I'm sure they'll be active in the portal again, but the players, the core players will get a year older. And, and as I've preached on, you know, that maturity and that lack of youth will start manifesting itself in, in, in making the play. When you have the opportunity, you make the play. Again, I go back to the corner blitz. Uh, you 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 disrupt that throw. You get you get uh, DJ down. You know that might have been one play that makes the big difference. If, if Travis doesn't fumble there in the closing minutes of the second quarter, the game might be completely different. I mean, it, it's the understanding and the focus that every play is important. Every opportunity you have a chance to make a play, you've got to make it when you're playing top 10, top five programs. This kind of goes back to the fourth down call a little bit for FSU, but in in comparison, Keith, Clemson several times on, say, third and three, they're throwing a a little swing pass to Shipley, a much more, an easier throw, a much more completable ball in that situation than trying the corner out on a fourth and three or even going back to when Florida State didn't need to take the end zone shot against NC State, but they did. But more specific to Clemson, uh, a Shipley runs hard. I'll give him credit for that. So if he gets the football, he's going to fall forward. But B, it looked like the tight end was getting away with some holding or engaging in, in uh, you know, uh, blocking the linebacker before it was completed. Maybe I saw it wrong. Maybe it's because the ball was behind the line of scrimmage. Did you pick that up? I did not see that. I wasn't. I wasn't noticing that at all. Yeah, it it, it happened a couple of times uh, in the game. But but again. I guess the larger point there is, and and this is Clemson. They've got five stars all over. Uh, It's DJ, who's a big quarterback. There are times because Jordan has to exhaust himself running around to find an alley, to throw on the run, to throw off balance, that it's it looks hard and laborious to complete the ball. And you watch DJ stand there, and he's shaking guys off of them like they're gnats. And he's still able to just throw a little simple pass and there's Shipley and he doesn't even necessarily make a guy miss. He just puts his head down, falls forward, and they got four and a half yards for a first down. Oversimplification, but that's kind of what it felt like at times. And the result is they're to number four, maybe number three. Maybe they move up to number two. I don't know. Team in the country and they're that for a reason. Um, you know, it, it, it's maddening, but it's also why we love it. I think I've said that about seven times now. Maybe eight, maybe eight. I think that's it in terms of my notes here. I mean, the rest is just picking at it. We know where the game was won and lost. Uh, did you did you think Clemson took its foot off the gas there once they got out to the to the twenty point lead? They certainly uh, they ran certainly, the they ran the ball more offensively. They did. They didn't take shots down the field. But again, Tommy, when you're away and you get the lead, you don't want to press it and. I mean, what if they, what if uh, DJ throws a pick six? You know, you know, what if there's a strip uh, and a scoop and score like Alabama did against Tennessee? Although it didn't end up being a, a win for them, but you know, that's part of football. And there are times to be aggressive, and there's times not to be aggressive. And, and Dabo and, and his staff chose not to be aggressive in that setting. In fact, uh, the last two possessions before the clock ran out were three and outs. Uh, if you want to talk about the defense playing well, if you will, at the end of the game, but FSU just couldn't do much with it or couldn't do enough with it. Well, well, one of them was after the 
the first and goal, the goal to go situation where Florida State turned it over on downs. And so Clemson starts to drive at its own four. Right. And, and on the one hand, obviously, duh, this is a duh statement. If FSU scores on that sequence, you've cut the lead with more time left in the game. But then you kick off and Clemson takes over at the 25. Instead, what happened is Clemson took over at its own four, conservative, they punt, you get the ball back at midfield, and you immediately score on, maybe not immediately, but you score on that ensuing drive. Right. Um, so, uh, but one thing about that goal to go situation, by the way, uh, they, they tried three throws in a row to Johnny Wilson. The first one was on the left side and you drew the pass interference to get it to goal to goal, goal to go. And then the second were fades to the right side. Uh, neither ball was well thrown. And, and it almost felt like uh, Mike Norvell said for everybody in the stadium and in the media that continues to say, we need to throw jump balls to Johnny Wilson here. I just showed you what it looks like. And this is why we don't always throw jump balls because we don't execute it as well as you would think we do. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I hear you. By the way, one of those, he almost made a spectacular catch. I mean, it, it, it would have been highlight reel. Yeah. It, it would have been. Um, but those those throws are not easy. Even the one that Tate Rodemaker completed at Louisville, it took a perfect throw to complete that. Uh, the corner, by the way, who was on him last night was 6'2", so it's not like that was a 5'9 guy, uh, although the height didn't come into play the way those balls were thrown and Johnny just trying to release and go get him. All right, I don't I don't know that I have anything else, Keith. Johnny, by the way, I think is is okay. He went out of the game dinged his knee or whatever but uh, then did go back in same with verse went back in and you do have the week off so I think from a health standpoint I don't know what I don't know but it felt like they they came out fairly clean as they go into the bye week well Tommy I'm gonna do something a little different for 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 probably the first time that we've been doing these Sunday shows I'm gonna go with another defensive player for our prime meridian bank performance of the week I'm gonna salute Derek McClendon uh, I thought he had an outstanding game, finished the game with eight tackles and including sack. Uh, I think number nine is beginning to really find himself and being able to add to what that defensive uh, side of the ball is able to do. Uh, and I'm really, really pleased with his uh, performance last night and his continued development. Uh, Derek McClendon, speaking of performance, Prime Reading Bank was just named one of the best banks to work for by American Banker Magazine. Want the bank where they greet you by name? Smiling faces that offer you coffee and a cookie when you walk in the door. That's what I call a great performance. Try my bank, Prime Meridian Bank. Remember FDIC, offices in Tallahassee, Crawfordville, and Lakeland, or you can visit them on the web at trymybank.com. You agree with number nine? I think he's, I think he's starting to find himself. Yeah, I talked to him in the post game, and, and he, what he talked about was, uh, again, a Florida State-focused thing, which is not disrespect to the opponent. It's the way Mike Norvell continues to stress to these guys, you know, worry about us, worry about us. He he just talked about execution, which is what you've been talking about. I mean, he more or less said, and again, he, he didn't mean it disrespectful, but it's not DJ, it's not Shipley, it's us and our execution. We have to execute every play. And it it sounds like coach speak, it sounds like you in this show, Keith, but you do it five plays in a row, but not on the sixth. Clemson's going to beat you, and, and that's what happened uh, in, in last night's game. But I, I thought he played well, and uh, it wasn't just him. The ends at times – now, they did lose contain a couple times, but uh, there were times where it was a screen pass, and, and Derek in particular did a nice job of keeping the edge and even talk, tackling the back 
out in space when he was out there and recognizing and diagnosing that play right away. Yeah. As I say, I, I just think he has really blossomed into somebody that you can now start counting on. Um, so I was real pleased with his effort, very pleased with his effort. All right. We got a bye week. Uh, our show will not go on hiatus. However, we'll be back on Wednesday and, uh, Florida State will take this time, rest up for Georgia Tech. Georgia Tech plays a Thursday game or a midweek. I think it's Thursday this week. And uh, so they will have two extra days to get ready. But FSU has uh, two full weeks for that next game coming up on October 29th. Anything else, Keith? Not for the good of the order. All right. For the bad of the order or no? We're all right. (laughs) right, We'll do this again on Wednesday. Folks, thanks for tuning in. He's Keith. I'm Tom. This is Front Row Knowles.